Mark Romero Music Podcast, where music, mindsets, and energy healing support you to revitalize your health, expand your awareness, and ultimately unlock your greatest potential of who and what you are. Enjoy the show. Hello, Mark Romero here. How are you today? I am super excited today to bring somebody on to have a chance to have a conversation with somebody who really relatively haven't known very long, but I think there was like this connection and we've had these like great conversations and we've even had an opportunity to go off the deep end a few times, which is really cool. So I'm always looking for people I can go off the deep end with, but we're going to try to keep it in the shallow side of the pool, so to speak, or whatever, at least for the conversation today. However, there are no guarantees. So, no guarantees. No, that's right. But I am excited to be introducing today uh, my friend PJ. He's a lifelong motivational speaker. He's an international transformational coach. I love that he focuses on results. Who doesn't want to create results in his life? Um, I think the thing that's really cool is that despite his disability, uh, which was expected to take his life at around seven, PJ, I think you're over seven, dude. I think you've gone <laughs> far exceeded that timeline that was set down for you. He chose to live and live well. And PJ has truly lived an extraordinary, lives an extraordinary life, lived an extraordinary life. I mean, the guy's into sailing, outdoor skydiving, indoor skydiving. We'll have to find out about that one. Trapezing, zip lining, hiking, mountain. This guy does more. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. And the list really goes on. Um, he's a former wheelchair athlete, international traveler, amateur watercolorist, founder of two nonprofit organizations for, uh, for disabled uh, sports programs, uh, published author, and he's a 10th degree black belt, martial artist. So do not mess with PJ and uh, women's self-defense instructor and a meditation instructor teacher. So I am so excited. I was, I'm mean, like, dude, is there anything you haven't done? <laughs> I haven't walked since 13. <laughs> okay. well, um, you know, I haven't surfed yet, to be honest. And I really want to be able to surf. And as you know, we were just chatting about it before we hit the record. Um, I had a, a bit of a, an unfortunate setback in 2019 where I caught some kind of virus and lost like 85% of my physical strength and it reduced my lung capacity significantly. Mm-hmm. And so surfing is still high on my list and I've still got some ideas and ways to do it. It's just not going to be as easy as it once was, but it's still a real possibility. Well, hey, man, let's let's craft a vision and hold the space that you get to do that and add that to your resume. It's really impressive. And, you know, I guess it's kind of like in reading that and you think about it, and we were talking about physicality before we started the show, you know, there's there's something in your spirit there that has even regardless of the challenges in in your life has propelled you to move forward and to step into doing things and to not be stopped by the obstacles that appeared in front of you and i was just kind of curious if you were kind of like to bring it down to earth what do you think that is what do you think that aspect is within yourself and ultimately how can people find that same um, energy or whatever it might be uh, within themselves to help them to propel and move forward, regardless of what life might handle, you know, hand them. Yeah. You know, I think this is really important conversation. Let me back up just a little bit and answer a slightly different question at first, and then we'll flow into that. Um, Everybody's familiar with Darwin, right? Charles Darwin and Charles Darwin had that, the idea of the survival of the fittest. Well, what we're finding now is it's not actually the survival of the fittest, Um, What we're finding is that um, I don't believe that evolution um, leads first and spirit follows. I believe that spirit leads and then evolution follows. So when you want something and there's something you want and you see it out there, you target out there. I'm, I'm in a hotel right now and I'm looking out at this amazing mountain range. And when you, you know, I'm pointing at one of the, the caps. And so, well, I'm pointing, like in my mind, I'm pointing, my little arms don't work so well, so not actually pointing. Um, but when you see me look like that, you know that I'm, I'm in essence pointing. So when you see something out there that you really want and you're like, that's what I want, all of a sudden, like your spirit is turned on. And, and as long as you can keep that energy up, the evolution um, will occur. The things that you need will happen. 
right? Like I want to be able to surf. And so how am I going to do that? I don't know yet, but it's going to happen, right? And well, you might need a surfboard. Well, I think there's a good start and probably some water wings, right? Because I don't swim as well as I used to. Yeah. Um, but how does somebody develop that spirit? First and foremost, more than anything, it's the identification of what's really true for you. And I believe right now, I'm, I find that I'm teaching primarily two things to my own personal clients. Um, it's letting go and empowerment. Mm -hmm. And it's a cycle, right? The more you can let go, the more you open up, the more you open up, the more you can receive. And empowerment is like, that's what I want. And I'm going after it. It's the physically taking action to go and get it. It's the energy, it's the life force, it's the drive, it's the intention, right? That you move forward with, <clears throat> despite any of the concerns and fears. But then it cycles back to letting go. Well, what are we letting go of? Because letting go is far more important than the empowerment. Because if you don't let go, whatever you hold on to could drown you. It could hold you down, right? So the things of your past, the worries, the fears, the doubts, the things that other people have said, what is it that you can let go of? And then when you let that go, how is it that you're able to step forward, right? How, like, do you spread wings? Do you step forward? Do all of a sudden you go, wow, like I've wanted to play guitar my whole life. And, and I was so worried because people used to make fun of me when I was a kid. And so I, I just, you know, I just never picked it up, but I did some meditations. I worked with Mark. I worked with BJ. I, you know, I worked on myself. I did a lot of journaling, whatever it was. I let go of that judgment. And as soon as I let go of the judgment, I found myself in a music store holding a guitar. And I was like, I'm not even sure how I got here. Mm. It's amazing what will happen in your life when you start to let go. Because when you let go, what happens is you're forced to open up. The only way that you can actually let go of something is to open up. I love that. But let me ask you a question. Why do you think, we can even think of ourselves, I'm sure, why is it sometimes so hard for us to let go? Why is it that sometimes we're so resistant to let go of old ways of being, let's say, even though we know they're not conducive to our highest and best good, why do we still struggle to let go? It's almost like there's a fear or something that comes into play. Why do you think people have a hard time letting go? I think it's very, very simple because there's, if we look at the mind, I break the mind down into two pieces, largely two pieces, conscious mind and the unconscious, mm -hmm. right? And you said, why is it that we or you or they, right, can't let go? And I would modify that. And I would say, it's not them. It's not we, it's not us. It's not me. It's not you. It's not that we can't let go. It's that the unconscious mind wants to hold on because of the fear, right? It says, hey, I'm a little bit afraid because what we did before hurt. And it may not have been a physical hurt. I might not have like <clears throat> strapped on a parachute and then the parachute didn't, didn't deploy and I landed hard. It wasn't that. <clears throat> it could just be that somebody made fun of us, mm -hmm. right? And when we got made fun of, it hurt emotionally. And we're not being uh, chased by lions and tigers and bears, oh my, anymore, right, in modern day society. So the mind goes, the unconscious mind specifically, identifies emotional pain. And then the unconscious mind goes, hey, if you can be hurt or we can be hurt, then we can be killed. And that's not part of my programming as the unconscious mind. Part of my program, the primary program I have, the primary protocol is survival. And so I'm going to do anything I can to pull you away from things that might hurt you, embarrass you, um, or cause you some kind of pain or suffering because it translates as the potential for death. All living things need power to survive, right? right. Um, if you look at muscle, muscle is power. Money is power. Photosynthesis is power. Flexibility is power. Finances are power. We all need some um, food is power. We all need some kind of power to survive. But when the mind, the unconscious mind sees that our power is being taken, it starts to freak out, especially because it doesn't know how much power is going to be taken and over what period of time. And the combination of those two things makes it like literally like uh, hold on to anything and everything that it can. And it doesn't care about whether or not you have a happy life. It cares whether or not you have a life. And so right. it gets control of us. And so often I'll say, shh, it, because that's often all the unconscious mind gives us is shit. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So when we think of this thing of the unconscious mind, as you were talking about it, what comes into my 
mine as an image is that of the iceberg, you know, where the tip of the iceberg being the conscious mind and the unconscious mind being what's underneath the water level. We are not consciously aware of it. I think if anything, we become aware of it when it's ways of thinking in essence are out picturing in our life as disharmony, but what is your, I guess, your number one top step to assist somebody to be able to reach within themselves and let go of the old program or the old way of being that's really preventing them from moving forward and showing up as magnificently as they are capable of? Well, I think there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, first, let's say this. If you don't know what's bothering you, I, originally I said that I break the mind up into basically two forms, the conscious mind and the unconscious mind, you versus it. But then the right in between is this subconscious mind. So if something's bothering you and you're like, I don't know what's bothering me, something I just feel off today, what's going on? And you just sit and listen, right? Or you actually go to the mirror and talk to yourself in the mirror, or you go to the journal and you start writing down what's bothering us. Why are we struggling today? Notice I didn't say I, I said we. And that creates this camaraderie between you and the unconscious mind. Like that. The subconscious mind exists right in between. Where if you just listen, you're like, something's bothering me. What is that? What's what's bothering me? What's coming up? What's happening is the unconscious mind is starting to percolate. And so it's just subconscious. It's just below the surface. So we start to feel something's not right. And it starts to like, if we listen, all of a sudden it'll start being clear. And the more clear it gets, the more we listen more clear it gets, the more clear it gets. Now it's crossed over from the unconscious, the conscious mind, and the conscious mind's job is to resolve the issues. The unconscious mind's job is to remember, recall, and reveal what the issues are, what the issues are, and then translate that over to the conscious mind to resolve the issue. So depending on what's going on in the individual person, I have a number of techniques that I like to utilize. One of which, honestly, is if you're experiencing this sense of like, I just can't go forward because I was judged as a kid or my former spouse said that I would never be able to amount to anything, right? Or somebody put me down or I was embarrassed in school. You identify the image that you're seeing over and over and over. And if it's a person, right? um, What I suggest is what I call my power differential technique. As you breathe in, and I'm gonna shorten this unless you want me to go through the process. But in general, you see that person who put you down up on a stage in front of you. And you're standing on the floor below the stage looking up, okay? And hear them, see them, however you normally see them in the image, hear whatever they're saying, hear the tone of their voice, the way they're moving when they talk at you probably versus to you. Um, and then as you inhale, so I guess I'm going to go through the whole thing. I can feel it coming out. <laughs> yeah, feel it coming out. Don't stop. Yeah. Man. Come on, we yeah. want to know. Um, so as you breathe in, what I want you to do is feel the floor that you're on and see in your mind's eye, the floor raising. So most people need to close their eyes to go through this, but some people can imagine really well with their eyes open too. So whatever works best. So as you breathe in, three things are going to happen. As you breathe in, you're going to see your floor rising higher. Okay. You're going number two, you're going to see yourself in your mind's eye proportionally getting larger taller, broader, thicker, just proportionally larger. So your body looks exactly like it does right now, only bigger. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you breathe in, the third thing is that you're always breathing in kindness and love and patience and light and generosity and all of the good stuff that you really believe are you and that you believe as a value are important for other people to have and that you want other people to have kindness, forgiveness, love, generosity, generosity, compassion, gratitude, appreciation, whatever it is for you. Okay. You know, I just got to stop you for a second because yeah, 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 yeah. a lot of those qualities that you just listed, yes, appreciation, compassion, love, these are all qualities of the heart. Yeah, I know. And you how know. powerful the heart is to be able to lift us to new heights. It's almost like I always say, you know, qualities of the heart. And, and usually I use this example pertaining to self-love is it's like a light in a dark room. It's like, where does the darkness go? Well, it rises up to match the vibration of the light. And, you know, all these great traits or characteristics or really ways of being are just 
hugely important in raising our energy and really getting us in touch with the most powerful power center of them all, being our own heart space. And when you rise, when you uh, lift up that that uh, energy level, right? When your frequency goes up, you're happier. You're more excited. You're more. Life is more enjoyable. You experience more. You have. You talk quicker. You think quicker. You're more creative. It's just a more fun place to be. You know, and it's a choice. I would rather, if I have a choice, you can feel bad if you want, but feeling bad feels bad, but feeling good feels good. And if you have a choice, why wouldn't you just choose to raise that energy level? Like we were talking earlier, right? Right before we hit record, I was saying, yeah, I'm physically struggling with my body, trying to get my hands in a good spot to support myself. Because what you don't see on film is that my belly button is literally sitting on the seat um, between my thighs on the same seat cushion that my thighs are sitting on in my wheelchair, right? And then I arch my back. So from like my ribs up, I'm upright, but from my uh, ribs down, my, my basically it looks like I'm leaning forward with my body squeezed between my knees. <clears throat> and so I physically struggle with my body, but what I've developed is the ability to, while I may be physically struggling, my mind is so light and soft and easy. I'm not frustrated. I'm not attaching to the frustration. The moment I do attach to the frustration and I realize that I become aware of it, I simply make a shift. And as soon as I make the shift, things are better. And that's it's awesome. always a choice. So I know I interrupted you. No, that's okay. So we're, the floor's rising. We're getting bigger. We're breathing in these qualities. So what next? Well, let me add one more thing. Let me add two more things before, and we'll come right back to that. Okay. Here's what I want, I want to add. Do you know that there's some research and evidence to support that the first cells that are created in the womb are the heart cells? Mm. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And what does that say spiritually about our existence? Right. And that the brain sends less messages to the body and the heart than the heart sends to the body and the brain. Mm. The heart sends more messages upwards <clears throat> and in fact has four avenues of expression <clears throat> and has been proven to be able to actually um, project and predict positive or negative um, next moments that it then prepares the brain for. So the brain, the body, the heart will send messages to the brain via pulse, right? It'll send messages to the brain uh, via an, uh, uh, an, a hormone dump, Okay. It'll send messages to the brain via electrocurrent um, through the nervous system. And it sends um, messages to the, the brain and the body also through bioenergetics. So like that luminous field that surrounds our body that is apparently now measurable comes from the heart, right? And then the brain goes and takes its lead from what the heart is feeling. So the problem is that most of us are subject to what the unconscious mind is thinking, right? And so we wind up being, um, I always say, think your thoughts, don't let your thoughts think you. So think your thoughts, don't let your thoughts think you. So we wind up letting our thoughts think us. And then we are in reaction mode, meaning reaction is a slave action. So we're in slave mode because we're, we're reacting to whatever the unconscious mind has created and developed for us because the, the um, emotions come from our thinking, right? And so, and can thinking come from emotions? Absolutely. But initially it's programming beliefs and then um, thinking, and then from your thinking comes your emotions, from your emotions comes the actions, from your actions comes your results, you know? Excellent. Yeah, so right there, it's almost like the belly button of our existence is between the thinking and the, um, and the emotions. And the emotions are just, they're literally just messengers, right? They're just messengers. Negative, sad, hurt, upset, unpack those emotions. If I'm angry or frustrated, okay, well, let me unpack anger. First of all, let me look at anger as a secondary emotion and say, well, what are those emotions that are under anger? I'm, well, I was embarrassed. I was hurt. I was disappointed. I was confused. Um, and so then you unpack those. And by unpack them, what I mean is consider them like an email a messenger, and then they all have an attachment. And you go in and you go, okay, well, why was I confused? Okay, I was confused because of this reason, this reason, this reason. Okay, what is the message in there? What is the attachment? 
what is the life lesson, the message, the learning, the wisdom, the knowledge that I can glean from that and or the insight. And then once you start to go, oh, well, the confusion wants me to know this, that I get to be crystal clear on what's important to me from now on. And as soon as I go, oh, yeah, that resonates as true, the confusion goes away. If there's still a little confusion after you download what you think are all the messages, that means there's still one little tiny piece left that you haven't explored. And probably because your mind goes, oh, that's not part of this. And it might be something like, hey, we still want to be joyful and laugh. You know, even, even if we're confused, we still want to be able to have fun. And you go, oh, yeah, that's true. I do still want to have fun, even if I'm confused. And then you check and the confusion is gone. But that might be how I unpacked the confusion in that particular example. You might feel all kinds of other messages or lessons or learnings or wisdom or knowledge or insights from how you would unpack those. But so you asked me, what are what is my biggest um, thing that I would help people use? This is one of those things. Unpack the negative emotions because they're literally just messengers. Okay. Now, if you want, I can go on back to the end. No. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think one of the things is that you know, I think part of the thing that gets in the way of the unpacking for many of us is that we are very judgmental of those emotions. And then we tend to, you know, engage in our first, you know, our favorite non-emotional process or procedure <laughs> to stuff the stuff down, yeah. you know, it's almost like not experiencing it. So what are some of the things that you, because I think we all have this tendency because right, those emotions, we have been taught that those emotions are bad. And should not be experienced. And let's face it, they don't really feel optimal. <laughs> like to be in fear or right. in some sort of emotional pain, you know, but yet, you know, like in my own philosophy, I believe it's important for us to feel, and I like this, and to let that energy go, to move that energy out. And yes, to inquire behind the energy as to what's the cause, what's the reason for it being there, and to see what kind of life lessons and things that we can learn from that experience. But I think a lot of people are really become very masterful. And I think probably we all have in our, at one time or another in our own experience of not allowing ourselves to, in essence, to what you call unpack. We don't even want to feel it. We don't even want to look at it. What would be your wisdom around helping people to kind of move back past some of that bias that we experience with some of those emotions so we can really kind of dive in and really start I like to use them as ways to leverage to take my life to new heights. What would be some things that you would recommend in, in helping people to do that? So let me clarify, just see if I understand what you really mean. Um, you said that you like to feel those emotions, right? Not, you don't necessarily like to feel the negative emotions, but that you think that it's really valuable and important to feel the emotions because we're humans. Like that's part of our right. existence, right? In some, in some cases, that's part of the richness of being a human. Um, and so, you know, the idea of exploring those and sitting with those and feeling those, um, there's some value in that. And Buddhists teach that, right? Well, don't, don't worry about trying to let go. Just, just sit with the emotion. Just let it be. Just explore it. Where do you feel it? How does it move? Right? That's fine. You can absolutely do that. But then there's a skillful process. But you go, if I'm in, within Buddhism, Buddhism talks about being skillful. If I have the ability to let go of something that bothers me, why would I want to hold on to the, let, the, the thing that bothers me? And some people will say, well, you know, as humans, don't you want to experience that? No. If I step on a nail, why? It's the same thing to say, well, hold on. Why are you lifting up your foot? Come on, let's just walk with it for a little while. Just feel it. Why? It hurts. If I am skillful enough to pull that thing out, and be smart enough to pull it out so it doesn't get an infection. Pull it out so you don't get an infection. The negative well, emotions can cause an, uh, cause an a psychological infection. So I'm not sure exactly where you're coming from. And I don't disagree no. with you, right? I don't disagree with you. I just wanted to, to clarify that piece so that I can understand exactly where you're going and what you're asking about. Well, and I think that's part of the thing is it's about feeling it but really with the intention of letting it go and moving that energy through. It's not about walking with the nail. I love the analogy, by the way. And yeah, I'm just going to feel, I'm going to feel into it. No, obviously you have to take action to remove the nail, but in right. essence, I think there's some, some healing and liberation. It's almost like we're 
you know, popping something or getting something out by allowing ourselves to feel and to process that energy with the intention of letting it go, with the intention of moving through it, with the intention of releasing this that is held within us. Yeah, but you just said the magic word, right? The magic word is process. Because as soon as you process, you release. That's right. all I'm teaching. It's exactly the same thing. All I'm doing is unloading, downloading, like the, the life lessons, the wisdom, the knowledge, the insight, right? The meaning, the message. As soon as I download it and I go, yeah, that feels right. And I double check. Is there anything left here? And I go, I don't think so. I don't feel confused or frustrated or angry or hurt anymore. Okay, cool. What you'll find also, by the way, is when you, when you download, when you look at all the emotions that preceded the anger, because anger is a secondary emotion, there are always other emotions that precede it. Mm-hmm. When you download the knowledge, the wisdom, the meanings, the life lessons, the wisdom, whatever, um, the message from each one of the other emotions, the anger doesn't really exist usually anymore because it's dissipated. Anger arises because it's a way of you gaining power back. It um, says, hey, all these other things are starting to take your power. And that could just simply be distracting you or taking your emotional uh, fortitude. And so the anger comes in to say, I'm pushing everything back. I'm taking our power back, right? So the anger dissipates because it's no longer needed when all of the other situations are resolved. Um, So what you said about processing, so that with the intent to let go, Bro, it's the same thing. We're literally saying the same thing. It's just, I have uh, a practice on how to process. But many people don't. Many people process unconsciously. I believe in processing consciously. As soon as you go, oh, something's bothering me. I want to process this consciously. I get through it quicker. I let it go quicker, you know? And and truth, look, man, to me, the mystery of the universe is let go. As soon as you let go, all of a sudden, everything flows into you. There's a book by Richard Bach, and I don't know if you ever read it. You probably have. And if your audience hasn't read it yet, they should. It's called, um, it's either called, there's one called One by Richard Bach. I don't think it's this one. And the other one is called, um, oh, what's it called? They can see the, the cover. It's got a leaf on the cover, a blue leaf Illusions. on the cover. Illusions. Illusions, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank Love you. that book. Yes, I love that book too. But do you remember the story in the very, very beginning before the book yes. itself starts? Yeah, tell the story. Tell the story. The story is, is that one day there was this magical river flowing. Yes. At the bottom of this river yes. were these creatures who hung to the bottom of the river in fear. Yes. Fear they hung. They held tight. Yeah. They wouldn't let go. And finally, one of the creatures says, you know what? This is ridiculous. I'm sick and tired of hanging on. I'm going to let go. And people said, no, don't let go, man. You'll get smashed against the rocks. You're going to get beat up. You're going to die. Yes. And he said, well, better to die that way than to die here clinging to the bottom. So he let go. And then, of course, he gets banged against the rocks. Are you kidding? Dude, this is like one of my favorite stories. Okay. Gets banged against the rock, smashed up. But then something magical happens. Until. Yeah. The what? Until he only gets banged up until he learns to let go and trust the flow. That's right. And then he rises up and then he's flowing down the river and these other creatures who are clinging to the bottom, see him fly by. Oh, that's the Messiah. (laughs) And then they create a whole religion and everything. Um, He said, Hey, I'm just like you. I'm just like you. Now here's something interesting. It's so interesting. You brought this story up. Years later, after I read that book, one of my favorite pieces was a catalyst in my spiritual awakening. That book, powerful great book, right? Yeah, yes. And I mean, you know, who goes wrong with the Messiah's handbook? I mean, come on, who doesn't (laughs) want the Messiah's handbook, right? And um, I was in a service, a service, you know, at a church, and she talked about the same story, except an ending I had never heard. And the ending was that the creature rose to the hive lake of the water and then attached itself to a stick and it became a chrysalis mm. and then bloomed into becoming wow. a butterfly. Wow. And I'd oh, never heard that in. It's not that? in the book. No, but delicious. Add. 
Yeah. And I'm like kind of going, wow, that just makes total sense. But I love this idea and this concept of letting go. Yes. Listen, there's also similar to that is um, the way to find the lotus blossom, right? We all recognize within Eastern religions that the lotus blossom has a sense of sacredness to it. Um, Whatever the reasons are, whatever the, the history is or the mythology or whatever, if you look at the lotus, it's born in the muck and the mire. It's born in the, the filth and the, and the dirt and the decay of, you know, of life. And then as it, as it grows, it washes itself clean. Mm. As it washes itself clean, in the moment that it's actually clean, it reaches the apex, the top of the water, and pops through. As it pops through and flattens and opens up, then the flower, the soul, the spirit opens up and expresses itself fully in the glory and nurtures itself fully in the glory of the light, right? That's awesome. The piece that's important is that as it works towards its own growth, remember evolution follows spirit. So if your spirit is like, that's where I'm going, then the evolution will follow, especially when you consciously and intentionally put action into that and you will wash yourself clean of any of the fears, worries, doubts, judgments, and things that we used to refer to as sins, you know, prior to a certain evolution of consciousness lately, Mm -hmm. right? You wash yourself clean of those, recognizing that those are things that you passed through, not who you are. Excellent. Love it. So we've talked about this before. We know that this last year has just been this, I think where for many of us, the foundations that we built our lives upon have gotten shaken and stirred and shaken and stirred some more, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think this is probably a great tie into this concept of letting go. With that being said, what are we really being called to in this time? From your perspective, what is us as humanity, us as people, as individuals trying to navigate our way through our human experience with everything we've gone through this last year and what's still unfolding and happening today, what we see taking place on this stage of life, what do you think we're being called to? What do you think, what do you think is, uh, um, what's behind all of this uh, turbulence, so to speak? I believe that we are in um, the evolution of collaboration, mm. the evolution of, of unifying and working, finding ways to work together. But I think that it's preceded by courage and it's preceded by vision. So I think that what's occurring is, and I consider myself incredibly fortunate to be able to live through these um, somewhat tumultuous and uncertain times, um, is this opportunity to say, this is what I want. This is who I really am. I don't want that obligation anymore. I don't want to feel weighted down and feel stuck to doing things that um, I didn't really want to do in the first place because I lacked a certain motivation or courage or know-how um, or resilience to bounce the ability to bounce back beyond what other people have said to me or the way I've been put down. So I think we're entering an opportunity for real authenticity and integrity. And if we look at probably over the past five years, authenticity has been a really big um, uh, catchword, uh, catch right? Or word that people have leaned on for probably five years now, globally. And it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's part of virtually every conversation. Well, to me, authenticity is like the noun. It's the isness of your soul, right? And then integrity is the verb, it's the action that that authenticity is taking. So I believe that we're entering an opportunity now where we're being given the chance to look and say, hold on, who am I? Why am I here? What do I really want? No, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And I'm not just talking about work. You know, I'm not just talking about your nine to five. I'm talking about how do you want to live your life? Who do you want to live your life with? Where do you want to live your life? 
What are the things that you want to express? Is there art in you? Are you a creative? Are you a thinker? Are you a builder? Um, are you inquisitive? Do you like numbers? And you want to stick with science and math? That's fine. Like it's, we're entering an opportunity now where people get to rewrite themselves. And look, let's look at this just for a second. We start talking about authenticity, right? And then there's a sense of overwhelm by life and media and <clears throat> social media and trying to keep up with everybody else. And there's all this like putting on this, like this, sometimes in many cases, a false front, right? And then people judge themselves against other people's false fronts. And they're not really looking at themselves and going, hold on, but who am I? Right. And now we shift into this year of COVID globally where there's an opportunity for real introspection and an opportunity for a lot of people that are starting their own businesses or a lot of people that lost their jobs. And they're like, look, I'm, I'm going to find a way to go back to school or, okay, you know what? This is not what I want to be doing with my life. I have to figure something else out. This relationship isn't working. How are we going to make it work? You know, um, and so we're being given an opportunity to really look at ourselves under a mi microscope and ourselves in relation to other um, individuals and other situations and other environments. And mm -hmm. so we're just, all we're doing is washing off. We're just washing off, but I can't wash the dirt off if I don't know it's there. I can wash everything, which you should probably wash everything, right? Yeah, but when you know that there's a little bit of dirt somewhere, it gets some attention. Yeah. And so we're being given an opportunity to see our dirt, our filth. And I don't mean in a, in a negative spirituality, just use it as a metaphor, our, our discomfort, our sadness, our disconnect, our it's lack like, of honesty. It's like the stuff that's not the truth of who and what we really are. Yes. Yeah. Can I get an amen up in her? Can I get <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the stuff, right? And then what's happening is we're we're coming to the place where we're about to poke our head up and out of the water, and we're about to spread out and lay that lily pad, and then open the blossom of who we really are. Yeah, we're in a really beautiful opportunity right now. Spirit will guide evolution, but you must know who you are and where you're going and what you want. And I guarantee you're not going where you want to go unless you are implementing letting go of old ways and releasing the courage to identify who you really are and what you really want. Taking that deep breath and saying, okay, I'm going to try. And then taking that next step, you yeah. know, and Yoda might say, mm, try not do or do not. There is no try, you know? Right. Right. Um, and I would agree with that. Um, but there are some philosophies and now we're just arguing over semantics. There are some philosophies that say, no, like I'm going to try my buns off. I'm really going to put so much effort into this and I'm going to figure it out. Even though I don't know how right now, I'm going to try and try and try and try. There's research that shows that children, it was a 20 year study, children that are raised by parents who say, good job, don't succeed as well. And at the same height and level, and aren't equally as happy, um, as measurable as that is, um, as children who are raised by parents who say, don't quit, keep trying. Mm. You can figure it out, try again, try another way. That's how I was raised. I was praised for doing a good job too, but I was mostly encouraged to keep trying. Don't give up, try it away. Yeah, and now I've lived 45 yeah. years longer than I was supposed to because of that. That's awesome. Awesome <laughs> philosophy. Very inspirational. And I think really a key message of what needs to be heard as, as so many of us are dealing with the mud, but yet we're in this process of moving to the surface. I love that analogy and blooming, yeah. you know, and really, and really becoming who and what we are. And I think honestly, that's the key to changing the planet. That's the key to transforming the world is more and more of us being committed through that process, but being committed to make, making it to the surface, blooming and shining our light and being our true selves and all of our magnificence and unlimited potential. Yeah, listen, man, if I sat underwater with an oxygen mask and a, and a scuba tank, I just wanted to say the word scuba, right? Scuba tank. And I'm sitting underwater watching that, um, that uh, 
water lily wash or grow through the through water, I'm not going to see it move. You know, maybe I'll be like, okay, well, it was measurable against that background. And it was here three days ago. And then it looks like it's here now. So it's clearly growing. It's just not growing at the speed like that I feel like I can see it. You will feel the same way. You will feel like you are not growing at the speed that you can see it. But if you focus on transformation, all I say this all the time, change is inevitable. Transformation is a choice. Change is inevitable. Transformation is a choice. If you focus on the result, you'll never change. You'll never transform. If you focus on the transformation, you'll see results. So instead of beating yourself up for not being able to jump out there and being courageous enough to just, I'm just going to quit my job and I'm going to go off and do this because this is what I want to do. Let's go little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit, almost microscopic pieces. So in just say to yourself, well, can I do this one tiny, tiny, tiny piece that's almost measurable? Yeah, I could do that. And it takes like half a second to do. Yeah, I could do that. Could I stop saying I wish and say, I'm learning how to. Mm. Okay, I could do that. Because there's a lot of monsters. There's a lot of monsters between right now and someday. There's a lot of monsters between here and and there. There's a lot of, a lot of monsters between like, well, now and you know, when I get the chance. Eek! Those monsters are self-judgment and worry and doubt and struggle and frustration and disappointment and judgment from others. Those are monsters. They'll eat your face, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at your face. Instead, like take the microscopic movements and recognize I'm transforming. You know, the little step-by-step process, that journey. It's so interesting because uh, my wife, Lara, and I, we go uh, mountain biking and we go on this trail that's a lot of uphill, you know. And if you get all caught up with the end result up there at the top of the hill, you go, oh, man, that's a lot of hill. How in the heck we're going to make it up there? And it's like, we have to remind ourselves, nope, just right here, yeah. get to the next place, get to the next place. And then what happens, you end up building a momentum, you build the momentum. And then before you know it, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, hey, yeah. here we are. Yeah. And, and also, if you love the challenge, instead of seeing it as a challenge, you're like, oh God, I have to try and like force this over. And I've got to use so much muscle to get over this rock. And man, this hill is so big. And if you're thinking about all the pain and the suffering and the struggle, you're going to make it even worse because all you're going to get is more of what you're thinking about and focusing on. The universe literally is giving you abundance every second, every moment of the day. It's just being filtered through whatever you're seeing it through, right? It's like the Plato fun factory. When, you, when we were kids, we had this Play-Doh Fun Factory. You open it up, you put a bunch of Play-Doh in. It's got this big handle that you push down. It shoots this Play-Doh out the front. But it shoots the Play-Doh out the front through whatever shape you put in front of it. Right. You put the filter in front of it. A star, a circle, spaghetti, a square, right? And when you push down on that Fun Factory, it pushes out. And the universe is always pushing down on you. It's always pushing through <laughs> you. And the, the Play-Doh Fun the fun is going to take, or the energy is going to take the shape that you, that you choose. Is it going to take the, the shape of scarcity and fear and worry and suffering and struggle and this is difficult? Or is it going to smile and go, this is a challenge. This is fun. I love challenge, right? Instead of having anxiety or panic rise in you, what if you go, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be an adventure. This is fun. Oh, no, I can do this. I can do this next hill. Oh, that hill? Mm, I got you. I got you. Right? Oh, this rock, I can, you always are going to see, always will succeed, at least at some level, as long as you see things as a challenge that's fun to overcome. See, I see challenges as something fun. I love puzzles. I love challenges. I love things to figure out. I love that opportunity of exploration and discovery and overcoming, overcoming things. But if you see a challenge as like this resistance and this pressure that pushes against you, you're never going to be where you want to be. A quick example, if I can, um, and I'll make it really, I'll make it quick. Um, my fr- I'm a little bit crazy sometimes. And my friend is a little bit crazy sometimes. And he said, hey, let's hook my Rottweilers to the front of your wheelchair. And I said, that sounds like a great idea, right? <laughs> Lo and behold, probably not the best idea to hook a little 80 pound, 85 pound dude in a wheelchair to two Rottweilers, right? So we hook um, Callie, his little girl to the front of my wheelchair. And 
my friend says, come on, Callie, come on. And Callie stands up, wags her little like thumb of a tail, gets all excited, starts to walk towards her dad, right? And she feels the pressure on, on her, looks back, sees me, and sits down. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, Callie, come on. You can do it. Come on, come on, come on. And she gets excited, wags that little thumb of a tail, right? And starts to move towards her dad, feels the pressure, and sits down. Mm-hmm. Three times, every time she sat down. So we t- unhook her, hook Oslo, the little boy, very excited, right? Tails wagging the whole time, can't sit down, right? And my friend walks off and he goes, come on, Oslo. And Oslo goes, burum, 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 burum. and I'm like, <laughs> not such a good idea. But Oslo didn't care about the resistance. He saw it as a fun challenge instead of a challenge that stopped him. Yeah. He, saw he didn't even feel it because there was something that he wanted, right? And so that's the growth chase that down and be willing to move little bit by little bit by little bit. Yeah, I can awesome. barely push my wheelchair, but I'm not willing to go into an electric wheelchair yet. Why? Because I can still get from here to there. It just takes a lot longer and sometimes it's a lot less safe, but that's just my, my challenge. That's love it. I want use that or call the Rottweiler. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know what? For those of you who are like, oh, Plato, what the heck's Plato? Oh. Well, PJ definitely dated himself with the Plato. Woo-hoo. I remember <laughs> doing those things, but I love that analogy. That's like, if you don't know what Plato is, man, go and Google it. I'm sure there's some videos on YouTube, probably of those commercials we used to watch back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah just that. type in Plato Fun Factory and you'll see what yeah, I'm talking about. That's awesome. Hey, you know what? This has been so inspirational. I'm jazzed. I'm, I'm going for a ride today. I'm going to take on your, your philosophy. You know, I, I love that. And I think that's such great, especially in this time, you know, we need to have that to continue to move as we push towards the surface or as we're like the little creature and the analogy of the story from illusions, you know, as we're making our way to the top so that we can unfold in essence to really who and what we really are. And I think that's what we're being all called to. I think that's the calling is going out. Life, the universe, God, source energy, whatever you want to call it, is putting out the calling. Hey, humanity, rise up, rise up, rise up and be your magnificence. And thank you so much for these words of wisdom, the encouragement, the inspiration. If people want to find out more about you, PJ, and what you do and everything, how do, how do, we, how do we find out? How do we get to tap into you more? Well, is, is it okay if I take 60 seconds just to really quickly close up yep. that loop about- Do it, man, do it. Okay, thank you so much. I know that um, we're sort of at our mark. So remember I was saying um, the three things, when you breathe in, you see that person that challenged you when you were young or at some point in your past that really you, you're struggling to get over, right? So you see them on the stage in front of you, looking down at you, saying whatever they say, hearing the tone of voice, dress the way they dress, whatever you normally see, right? And when you breathe in, three things occur. As you breathe in, you breathe in the joy and love and the kindness and generosity, compassion, all of that. And as you breathe in, you see yourself getting proportionally larger, taller, broader, thicker, right? And as you breathe in, your floor also rises, okay? And when you exhale, you wanna see them getting smaller, proportionally, quieter, like so their voice will start to get squeaky, okay? Like sort of maybe it'll shift towards a Mickey Mouse kind of sound. And then it'll mm-hmm. get softer simultaneously because they're getting smaller. And the third thing is their stage will start to lower. So every time you inhale, you breathe in positive joy, love, laughter, all the good stuff. You proportionally continue to get larger. Your floor continues to get higher, right? And as you proportionally get larger, you may wind up the size of the earth or the solar system or the galaxy or the universe. That's okay, right? And as you exhale, Exhale until, like, keep this process, this, this inhalation, exhalation. As you exhale, and they get proportionally smaller, squeakier, and eventually so soft and so quiet that you can't hear a single word that they're saying. And they get so small, they get smaller than the smallest ant you've ever seen. At that mo- moment, and physically, don't just do this in your mind. It's not an imagination anymore after this. Physically, either, either, depending on the nature of that relationship, physically squat down and flick them out of the way, right? Uh-huh. Physically <laughs> reach down and depending on the nature of the relationship, <clears throat> pick them up between your two fingers and roll them around and just squish them. Um, pick them up. I know 
sorry, I'm kind of crazy. Uh, depending on the nature of your relationship, reach down and just toss them over your shoulder. You're like, I don't want this person in my way anymore. I don't want to flick them out in front of me because I might run into them again. I don't want to squish them because that feels a little violent and aggressive. So then just pick them up and throw them over your shoulder somewhere. So they're in your past. You don't know where they are. Just throw them. Like literally, like literally physically reach down, pick up where they were in your mind, physically throw them over your shoulder and then check in. How do you feel now? And what you'll find is that, and if they're important to you and you're like, maybe they're your mom, you're like, look, I don't want to deal with all the crap that she used to say, but I can't just throw her in my past. I can't flick her and I don't want to squeeze her. I don't, you know, so I'm going to pick her up. I'm going to put her on a shelf in the back of my, like back here behind me. So create some kind of shelf and it can go way, 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 way back in your past, way back. Just put her on the shelf and make sure she's stable and she's there. Shelf is good. Shelf's not going anywhere. She's there. She's not going anywhere. Let her go and turn around. And physically, I mean, physically reach down and physically reach behind you and then come back and just check in. Yeah, okay, I do feel better. Because when you put them behind you, all of a sudden there's a psychological thing in the brain that goes, oh, it's behind us, it's probably not important anymore. Probably not dangerous anymore. So that's one way that people can let go. Sorry, that was a really long 60 seconds. No, that's all right. It was a good, good, it, we just extended time and space. So it was 60 seconds, PJ. That was perfect. I love it, I love it. So you asked where people could find me. Yeah, um, you know, you're a cool guy. People might want to hang out with you. <laughs> that would be cool. I love that. I love making new friends. Um, PJsWisdom.com. PJsWisdom.com. You can also find me on Instagram at the PJsWisdom. Um, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, I think, at PJsWisdom, I think. And Facebook is PJ Dixon right now, D-I-X-O-N. Um, but you can also just type in PJ uh, Dixon. I usually do P period, J period, but try it both ways. You know, Dixon, D-I-X-O-N. Awesome. Um, but they'll find me. You know, there's not too many people that look like me. <laughs> well, hey, there are a lot of PJ Dixons out there, which is interesting. Yeah. So that's why I pretty much just go by PJ. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective, your insight. You revealed a whole nother part of yourself, which I hadn't really seen in our previous conversations, which is really cool. I'm all fired up. I'm going to go blow the dust off my illusions book and go read that story again. That's such a, it's so funny. You, you picked that book. That's like one of my favorites of all time. It really was a catalyst that ignited my spiritual growth. You know, you know all conversations, they're just God talking to God. They're all just namaste, right? And so the divine in me knew that the divine in you wanted to hear something. Yeah. You know? And I didn't know it. I just, I'm just the conduit. I'm just, I'm just the giant ear. I just let it flow. If I get out of the way and then let it go, then all the right stuff tends to flow. That's awesome. Well, Hey, thank you again for being part and being participating in this and uh, really appreciate it. Thanks brother. My pleasure. Nice to meet everybody. I love you guys. Yeah. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm sure you enjoyed the show and um, follow along and see what shows up next, but thank you again and have a great day.